Hello and welcome back to Fathom with Nathan. It's been quite some time since I have done a recording and uh, today is May 12th, 2021. It's Wednesday. It's about 9, 11 a.m. where I am here in Florida and I just wanted to share with you some uh, pretty intense uh, thoughts about a few subjects and uh, tie a few things together that you may have not uh, thought about or even heard of before. Uh, not that I'm the only one that would speak something like this. Of course, that would be absurd to say that. But um, sometimes it's great to just talk about an old subject with new language. And uh, that's what I want to do today. So during my prayer time this morning, I had a very vivid, very clear image of a hand punching a Catholic church building. Building, Excuse me. And uh, such an odd picture. Um, It's not abnormal for me to get pictures and then for them to mean something the more that I pray about them and read the scripture and think about what the Lord's doing. And so I began to do that. Um, You know, during my prayer time, I just try to make myself available to whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do, whatever he wants to show me, whatever he wants to challenge me in, whatever he wants to teach me about in his word. And uh, today I felt like he very quickly tied some things together and... um, Let's just see where this goes. So again, it's May 12th, and uh, here we go. So, um, you know, back in um, Jesus' day, after the disciples died, and it was about the third century, there was someone um, named Constantine. Uh, Constantine was is purportedly one of the first, uh, you know, ones to to transition Rome from to to a, uh, a to basically except Christianity. Um, uh, there's different opinions on whether he really became a Christian or not, but the introduction and acceptance of Christianity at that time was probably quite refreshing because, um, you know, Christians had been under the persecution of Nero and they had died, been burned alive. Um, you know, uh, Nero did that for entertainment uh, the disciples were scattered. They went throughout various places in the earth and they shared the gospel. And, you know, the only good thing about the persecution at that time was that the gospel was spread in various places. They literally had to leave to save their life. Well, you know, about 100, 200 years later, Constantine comes along and something happens and he basically, you know, shifts something in his thinking that allows Christianity to be accepted within the Roman Empire. Now, we might think that that's a good thing and some good things may have happened that came out of that, but I believe the long-term trajectory of the partnership between what we call the church and the state um, was a bad partnership, and, and I'll get into that here in a second, but basically what we have now is um, an institutionalized form of religion that is endorsed by a government, and uh, <clears throat> you can probably see where this is going, but that's never a good thing. You know, freedom of religion, as we have here in the United States, the, the freedom to worship as we choose, that's something that, you know, the United States did and set up because we wanted freedom from England. We didn't want the oversight and the overreach and uh, the methodology uh, of religion to be imposed upon us as humans. So they left, they went a- across an entire ocean just to be able to get away from that. Well, when going back to Constantine, when he did this, he set up Constantinople. He also uh, did some other things related to um, Nicene Creed. And so we would think, hey, you know, this is good or things are moving and, you know, Christianity is being accepted in the world. Um, 
But when there's a partnership between the state and the church, and that church itself is institutionalized in a way that is an offense to the gospel of grace, what we see is is that the government or the institution ends up leading the way, and it always turns out bad. Why? Because man can't put his hands on the things of God. You know, all of history has done that, you know. Um, you know, that was the that was the way it was in Jesus' day when the Jews put their hands on the message of God and they tried to form in their mind what the Messiah would look like when he came. It just didn't turn out well. He, Jesus didn't fit their paradigm, and because of that, they persecuted him. Well, the same is true when religion is uh, imposed by uh, institutionalized religion or by the state. When I say the state, it could be any form of government. That's a broad term I'm using here. But So, you know, here we are. Uh, in year 2021, and we have uh, approximately 1 billion or plus or minus uh, followers of Christ around the world. Now, depending on the statistics that you look at, that includes, some people include, uh, you know, Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and uh, Catholics and, you know, all the various types of uh, what we would call denominations um, included in that 1 billion total. So basically an average of one out of six or seven people on the earth. I mean, we're over 7 billion now, I believe. So, um, uh, but my broader point is this, when we let the state or we let institutionalized religion determine our walk with Christ, it is an absolute fail. It will not work. And I'll tell you why every form of institutionalized religion, every form of um, uh, Catholic doctrine that does not allow for the sufficiency of Christ, every form of government that says this is how you must believe is an offense to the gospel of the grace of Jesus Christ. And what do I mean by that? Well, you know, obviously an earthly government is never going to be perfect, but if it's partnered with an imperfect institutionalized form of religion, then we have a double whammy. We have two mega powers basically forming up and saying, hey, you know, you have to do things our way. You have to follow God as we define him and you must follow him our way. And that's what we have with the Roman church, the Roman Catholic church. Excuse me. We have someone that claims to be a, a uh, successor to uh, the apostle Peter based on a false doctrine of an interpretation from the scripture saying on this rock I will build my church and uh, so the Catholic Catholics and Catholic doctrine think that you know they have right to that position of authority apostolic succession is what they call it from Peter based on that confession the evangelical group that is in opposition to that theology says no what Jesus was saying was we're not building a rock you know, you know, we're not building anything on a person, uh, a Peter. We're not, you know, Peter was called the rock. Cephas means that. But the truth is what we are building upon. We're not building on a person. We're building on the truth. So when you let institutionalized religion determine your picture of God and how you have access to God, it's a horrible fail. Now, Catholicism is not the only group that's in this camp, uh, Islam is in this camp, Buddhists are in this camp, any form of institutionalized religion uh, is in this camp. 
why do I say that? Because, I mean, even Mormons, their own, their own book, uh, the book put out by Brigham Young University, their own theology book put out by Brigham Young University states that what they believe salvation to be is not by grace. It's explicitly stated that it is not by, we are not saved by grace, which is the exact opposite of the gospel. And that's why uh, Jewish people have a hard time with the gospel because it's by grace through Jesus. That's why Muslims have a hard time with this doctrine because it's by grace through Jesus Christ. That's why Buddhists have a hard time because it's by grace through Jesus. There's nothing that we can earn that can get us right with God. And that is the same as Roman Catholicism. And so in the end days, Satan is going to continuously use this power called Catholicism, this position of presumed authority to reign over the populations of the earth in the form of the false prophet. How do I know that? Because a false prophet does not point to Christ. They point to other things. They point to what is antichrist. And that word antichrist in the scripture doesn't mean just against. It means in place of. So if you see the the term antichrist in the scriptures and you read that in Thessalonians and in Revelation, what you're going to see is that it's not something that's just against Christ. You know, we would say, well, the Catholicism, Catholicism is all about Jesus. They talk about Jesus and they elevate Jesus and they talk about Mary and all this stuff. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. What I'm speaking about is the concept of antichrist, meaning in place of the person of Christ. When we replace Christ, when we elevate anything in place of the person of Jesus Christ, it is an antichrist uh, theology. So, and that's what the that's what Roman Catholicism has done in its doctrine. Am I slamming Roman Catholics? No. Am I uh, speaking condescendingly of every Roman Catholic individual on the planet? No, absolutely not. God knows what is in our hearts. At the same time, the doctrine that is being promulgated throughout the earth, stating that you must attend a Catholic church or you're not a part of the Catholic church, you must attend mass or you cannot receive grace, you must give penance as they did in the past, or you can't receive grace and get people out of hell. It is an absolutely um, false doctrine and it is antichrist. Anything that replaces the supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus Christ himself as a sole origin and source and continual source of salvation is adding to the gospel. So what started back in Constantine's day of introducing, introducing basically what he thought was Christianity to the church, his process of doing that was underneath the Roman Catholic uh, authority at that time. Now, I'm not saying that to blame him, but what I'm saying is that partnership between Catholicism and the state has continued for over 2,000 years, and look where we are today. Look at the Vatican. Look at the, the, look at the opulence that that place has, uh, and then claiming to be a servant to the world. It's an absolute uh, state of hypocrisy there. So all of that being said, what we're going to continue to see, as we have seen already, and we will continue to see, is that there will be a persecution of those that do not operate by the gospel of grace towards those that do operate under the gospel of grace of Jesus Christ. We're going to see an increasingly greater and greater and greater shift, a greater and greater move from to uh, two categories, polar opposite categories of those that are of grace and operating by grace from the source himself, Jesus Christ, and those that are operating from a source of performance-based, performance-oriented 
uh, living, what, regardless of what label you put on that, you can put on that, um, you know, Chinese Communist Party, you could put, uh, you know, North Korean dictator uh, leadership, you could put the Muslim world and the caliphates over that you could put, you know, any anything that is opposite of salvation by grace through faith will be persecuting those that operate that way. This is the same way in the scriptures. Those that operated by grace were persecuted by those that weren't operating by grace. So just as Paul, before he was converted, he he went around with the intent to destroy. That's the literal word, to go and to destroy the church, not buildings, to destroy people. And that's what we're going to see in the end of the age. We're going to see an increasing pressure put on those who might even say that they're Christians, but that aren't led by the Holy Spirit, they're going to be persecutors of their brothers and sisters because they're not operating by grace. They will fear man. They will fear society. They will fear the government. They will fear their employer. They will fear not having all their stuff. And they're going to put pressure on their fellow believers to submit, to follow, to adhere to, to give in to, to just go along with the narrative of the day. And we say no. That's what we say by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We say we live for Jesus alone. We do not live for a doctrine. We do not live for a government. We do not live for a religion. We do not live for a denomination. We do not live for an employer. We live for the person of Jesus Christ alone. And if you have not already accepted Christ and you want that freedom of fear of the world, the, the fear of the, this, that the world system is pushing in on you even right now with this COVID-19 stuff and the pushing of vaccines and the pushing of do this or you could get fired. That is not from God. God does not operate by a spirit of fear. God does not operate by a spirit of confusion. So what I want to encourage you to do is to hold fast, dig in deep with the Lord. And when I say dig in deep, I mean, go down, dig a hole in the ground in your prayer time and sit there, sit your butt down and listen to the Holy Spirit, listen to what he has to say, and he loves you, and he's going to speak to you, and he's going to take you to scriptures, and he's going to pair you up with people that are going to be able to support you and encourage you. So I say, spend time with the Lord. Dig deep now. And when I say dig deep, it's not by your own strength. It's by submission. It's by yielding. It's by abiding, like we see in John chapter 15. Submit and yield and abide. And when you yield and abide, it says that we will bear much fruit and it will not just be fruit that is temporary. It will be fruit that lasts. So I encourage you, if you're a believer in Christ, submit, resubmit every single day, every single category that you can think of, resubmit to the Holy Spirit every single day, every, every single category that you can think about, submit to Jesus Christ. And when he challenges you to give something up, do it. Work it out with him. Talk to him about it. Share your share your thoughts. Share your emotions. Process with him. But submit. Because having the Spirit of God in you will be the only lifelong sustaining power that you're going to have to withstand the coming pressures that are going to come on this earth. It could be economic collapse. It could be uh, family pressures. It could be family disowning family because they, they don't, you know, agree with you on things. Submit to the Lord Jesus himself and that resurrection power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead will dwell in you and you will have the power to succeed. You know, we're in this for the long haul. We're in we're in this not just from the time we believe in faith, but we're in this till the time that we die. We, we need to not just start well, we need to finish well. We're going to finish well if we have the enduring 
enabling, empowering Spirit of Christ living in us and operating through us so that not only we can stand and withstand the pressures, but we can link arms with other believers around the world and strengthen and encourage because persecution is coming to this nation. And if you're not ready, you're going to give in. If you're not ready, you're going to give in to fear. And if your family's separated from you, if you if you get falsely accused, if you get taken away from your family, it could be the decimation of your entire life if you aren't rooted and grounded in the fear of the Lord, filled with the Spirit. So, Lord, bless these people. Strengthen them today. I pray that people would see with clear eyes. They would not follow institutionalized religion. They would not follow the state. They would not follow the government. They would follow the spiritual leading of your Holy Spirit's voice, the still small voice, the voice of you speaking, highlighting things in Scripture, telling them which way to go, pairing them up with other believers so that they could find their way with you and with others. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this if this has been a blessing to you. It's That's all it's intended to be, is to be an, an encouragement and a way for us to to hear what God is doing and to walk out what is God, God is doing and to challenge you to do that in a way that causes you to rise up and to listen and say, the Lord is for you. Christ is for you. And he's willing to speak if you're willing to listen. Thank you so much for listening to Fathom Nathan episode today, May 12th.